Social. My name is Courtney Sandora, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Go Social, or you can visit our website at goforthbesocial.com. We're joined here today by Jack Bagadu, better known as the Hood Sanlier on social media and the host of the Truth is Barrel Proof podcast. He has amassed tens of thousands of fans online by sharing his wine and whiskey expertise and general words of wisdom. Good to have you, Jack. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So first things first, how did you first get involved in the wine and spirits industry? Um, probably because I was a terrible golfer. But <laughs> no, but to be <laughs> honest, uh, I also grew up in, uh, in you know, I, I'm original, I originally born. I was originally born and raised in, in West Africa. So, I, you know, you grew up around a tradition that is more lax and lax around spirits, uh, you know, uh, wine is normal because we were colonized by French people. So you kind of, you know, sip a glass of wine when you're growing up. But when I came to America, I was 19 years old. And when I got into my professional um, journey uh, in insurance and finance, uh, my mentor at that time will always take me to go golfing and, and network with other people. And while networking, obviously, uh, I found out that I'm terrible at golfing, but I, I knew how to entertain the guests uh, by making sure they're properly under libation. So uh, I became the, you know, the the spirit guy, the the whiskey guy. Everybody, you know, will hang out and I'll bring whiskey. But also, I've, you know, I'm very involved in the immigrant community here in the U.S. So every time somebody's having a party, obviously, they want to talk to me and and know from my expertise, what can I get? Uh, what can I do? I've, you know, I've been involved as an insurance agent. You know, I've been involved as a as the MC. I've MC so many weddings. So everybody won my opinion and you know how to stop the bar because one thing you need to know about immigrants, they don't come for the for the select. You know, the festivities they come for the bar. So you want to have a solid bar. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a great person to go golfing with or party with. <laughs> um, off of that, so you mentioned that you were born and raised in West Africa. Are there big differences in drinking culture in West Africa as opposed to the U.S.? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, most of our drinks don't have any age on it. So, you know, I, I, you, know you, also, you also have to understand there's tiers of drinking um, because when you're in in Africa, you have uh, the local beer, right? So the local beer is different than what is commercialized. So the local beer is corn beer, millet uh, beer, which is pretty much mashed grain and uh, boiled to you know and ferment fermented to give you beer. My grandma used to make the local beer, so I grew up around my grandma making the local beer with braised pork. So most people that would get off work. We'll stop by the local beer place, which is my grandma, to actually, you know, get their local beer. So I was tasting malted barley beer since I was like five years old. 
you know, so you have like the sweet one, the mid fermented one and the high end, very fermented one where those were the adult one per se. But, you know, in junior high, you want to be cool, you know, so I'll bring my friends to, you know, to 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 kind of go through the uh, my grandma's, you know, back the back of the house, you know, to to pour them a little bit of the local beer. So we were the cool kid at that time. When I got into high school, you know, I, we, we were at 14, 15 already. You already, you already have the local beer, but you have to be able to afford like the real beer. And, you know, wine was on the table because, you know, I think in American culture, wine is set to be fancy or to be the hipster drink everybody you know everybody's like oh i got my rosé on a good day <laughs> you know and, but if for me it was just it was just something normal my uncles will come visit and if you visit someone just to out of respect you bring them a bottle of wine and you guys will enjoy it and just have meals so I've, I've tasted wine when i was probably 10 12 years old so i was 19 when i came in this country and you know, I wanted, we were having a get together. I wanted to go buy the, you know, some beer for me and my friends. And my friend's like, oh, no, 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 you can't go. I'm like, what do you mean I can't go? And he's like, uh, you're 19. You can't, you can't buy beer here. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, this is America. You can't buy beer at 19. I'm like, <laughs> that's, so. quite, that's quite a culture shock, I'm sure. Especially. Yeah. In- yeah. That, that was probably the most shocking <laughs> thing um, coming in because you, it took me two years when I came to America to be able to officially enjoy my first drink. And it was weird because for me, it was like, what? Like, I, I can, I, since I was, I was going to the bar with my friends since I was, you know, 14, 15 to sit down and just, you know, on New Year's, you get your little money on New Year's and you're trying to take your little girlfriend out to show off. So, you know, you take her to the bar because you're the cool kid, you know, but (laughs) it's not, it's not that here. So that was a, that was kind of a chapter. Yeah. On that same wavelength, um, are there any cocktails that are, that you grew up drinking or was it mostly beer and wine? So beer and wine, a lot of beer and wine, uh, cocktails were not part of the culture per se. Um, you you don't grow up, you know, drinking cocktails because you know you when you go to a hotel, right? You go to a hotel where they they'll hire a mixologist there, then they'll make your cocktail. But you know, there's things that you learn as a kid that are cocktails that because my dad actually went to school in France and he graduated in college in France before he came back home, so. Uh, he was quite influenced himself by the French culture. So he's the first one who told me about Boulevardier or Campari or Pastis or these things that he knew because he actually worked as a, as a busser, as a table busser at a restaurant when he was in France, right? As, as a college student. So he, he, as you know, to his kid, he was trying to impress me by showing me all the things he knew from a restaurant. So. That's the only time I knew about cocktails. I, I myself didn't even get involved into cocktails till probably two years ago because for me, it never made sense. I just like my spirit, just like, you know, just like I talk straight, straight to the point. So that is very cool. That is a very cool intro in history. Like, I thought I had a big intro into the spirits world. I had family who work in marketing in the spirits world. So that's how I got into it. But you, 
you were born into it. <laughs> I mean, I think the average African kid, you know, is born either around it or not. But if you know where I'm from, you know, I was just so happened to be that my grandma make the local barley beer. So it's easy to just know about it, right? But <clears throat> honestly, everybody by the age of 13 knows where the local barley beer place is. Yeah, like you, you know. Yeah. Unless you grew up in a family where everybody was just, <laughs> <coughs> sorry, a very strict. You kind, you kind of know where to get it, but you know, either you're the shy kid or the the cool kid. So you'll, you know, you you just want to. I would say I was, I was, I was, I was a bad kid growing up. I I, I wanted to be cool very early. So you know, you won't hear that story from a lot of kids just going, oh, at 15, I was already at the bar. That, that's me because I'm just a knucklehead. That, that's me. Oh, my goodness. Um, speaking about bars, I know that you said that you moved to the U.S. when you were 19. Um, do you think there's a big difference, I guess, considering what it sounds like that you've already said, but do you think there's a big difference in the bar scene in West Africa and the U.S.? Oh, a huge difference, a huge difference, because you have to understand that the bar scene, and there is a lot of similarity as well, because the bar scene really is for the youth, right? It's for the youth. So, but the difference is there is not a certain type of bar. Think of it as if you're, I think the way I can describe it, I don't know if you think of it as if you're in New Orleans, right? You're in New Orleans. You're going to Bourbon Street. But mind you, New Orleans is built just like a lot of country in West Africa because French people build their things the same way. So be, because we were colonized by French people, our street looked like the first time I was running out, I think five years, six years ago, I was at, I was in New Orleans. I was running. I woke up early. I'm running on Bourbon Street. The smell of the sewer and, uh, and just the, the houses, the way I saw them, reminded me of my uncle's house so for a second i thought i you know you see the, you hear the voodoo stories the spiritual stories that we have the same i'm like oh my god i teleported back home right because that's literally what it is but think about how new orleans is and you have like every little corner have their own little bar that's how it is right so either you have a house that have a local beer or you have the corner beer and you know uh, you know, uh, Fanta, you know, and Sprite, all those things were more of people that are uh, upper class or middle upper class or are, they call it fonctionnaire in French, which is, which is more like a work, the working, you know, the, the, the upper class working man, he work in the office, right? So he'll go to the bar because he's cool. Uh, but the local, the blue collar working guy, the carpenters, the, all those are drinking local beer. They are not at the bar because it's too expensive to be there. So here, the bar scene is for young people. But there, the bar scene is more for older, you know, like you have your big boy job. So now you can go to the bar. Uh, contrarily to here, the young people, the 14, 15, 16, because of the price, you go to the local, you know, the local beer, you know, barley place. And you have your little uh, roasted uh, goat or roasted a pork meat and you have the beer served in, uh, in a board and you drinking it and you're having a good time with your friends and you're out, you know, making jokes and chatting with blue collar people that are there. 
if you really want to go to a fancy bars, it's usually our hotels. We are usually nationally owned. Then you actually go there and you actually are talking about, you know, prime ministers and, you know, upper upper government people are the ones that are hanging out there. So That's very cool. Very interesting. Thank you for that insight. Um, so you post a lot about whiskey and wine. Do you gravitate more towards one than the other? Yes, I will say that I will say I have an expertise in one and I just I dabble in the other. So I'm uh, I'm a WSET certified with uh, uh, wine and spirit expert, but I did my WSET level two in spirit. So I, I, I know a lot about anything that is distilled. So I can talk about spirits all day from cognac, armagnac tequila, vodka, whiskey, scotch. My favorite, you know, poison is is scotch. I'm a single malt guy. I know a lot about scotch. Now, why is it that I don't, I didn't go into wine? I have to say the American culture kind of ruined wine for me, being a French guy, because wine, I've always been that things like it makes you posh, right? It makes you posh. It's like, Oh, you know, I, when people would drink wine and I go to wine tasting just to make fun of people. I go to people watch because it's funny because you all drink like I'm smelling flowers. And I'm like the lies you're telling because it's not it's not true that that's not true. You, you're not smelling any of that. Right. You don't know enough about it to talk about it. So I, I made a post one time on my channel. I said. I talk about whiskey and spirits because they're challenging. I post about wine or, and I don't talk about it because I don't like to brag because truly when you, if you've been in my house, my dad worked in middle-class, he had a lot of relationships. So people will bring like fancy Bordeaux and I'm talking Shiraz and Pinot Noir. We're talking real vintage wines that, you know, it's like either, you know, president, government, and then they're the one who were, my dad worked at the port. So all the shipment that came in the country kind of went through there. So people will bribe them some time to kind of help them get their things out fast. So we're talking a case of wine that in America, a bottle will cost probably like a thousand dollars a bottle. But these things were just open at my house just to drink because it was just good wine. So like I, I bought a $300 bottle of wine when I was, when I was going back home to kind of, you know, like, Hey dad, we're going to drink this. And he looked at me, he's like, it's okay. wine." he literally said, it's okay. wine." Like, like that's $300. And the man just went, oh, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? So he tells you immediately that, you know, where I put, you know, where I put wine, I would love to, my goal is to go for my WSET and wine to be able, because I don't like talking about things as an expert. If I haven't studied it, I know a lot about it, but I am going to get my certification there as well, because my goal is always to educate people, but I don't educate on wine because I don't have, I like to say the trail and the paperwork to back it up. But if you and I walk into a room right now and we have to taste and talk about wine, I will not be lost. So whiskey is what I, I always talk about most of the time because that was challenging. And I, I study for this. I've learned this. So I'm going to talk about it. So <laughs> That is incredible. I am wildly impressed right now. <laughs> 
Very, very impressive. So let's say we were talking about someone like me who enjoys spirits, enjoys wine. What kind of advice would you have for someone just starting to dip their toe in furthering their education in the wine and whiskey world? Like, are there some initial steps that you would take? Like, are there trainings, platforms, or channels that you would recommend for new wine or whiskey comers? Uh, Yes. So I, I had to do the same thing, but I think my journey was a little longer because I only came on the scene online really because of representation. I felt like there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me or sound like me that were out there in the whiskey industry, right? Uh, or in just online. I would go and I'm like, oh, why? There's no African doing this. Or, I, you know, there's not enough Black people doing this. Or there's not a lot of Black women or women actually do. Why isn't, you know, why didn't, doesn't the, that environment doesn't look like the world I live in? Right. So that's why. But if you're a newbie and you're coming in, I would say you have to choose, you know, what you feed your 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 soul and your mind is important. You have to choose who you follow carefully because there is a lot of, excuse my French, bullshitters out there. That was just saying things, you know, they're bragging about what they have and whatnot. But truly, you have to choose who you follow carefully. Uh, that's one, because you have to understand that just like anything you know, sneakers or watches or anything that people need to know about. There's always someone telling you that the best is the most expensive and someone telling you that the best is probably the most affordable. So you kind of have to actually be your a judge or your own judge at that time. But I will always say, be like St. Thomas, right? You have to put your hand in the middle of, where Jesus was nailed to make sure that he's really the Messiah that came back, right? Which means live by, truly live by practicing, right? So you don't have to spend the money, but anytime you are at the bar, anytime you get a chance to try something, you want to make sure that you try something new. Because when what your palate tells you is good is what's good, not what someone tells you is good. Right. So if you're if you're trying these things, obviously, I would say start making friends in the industry because, you know, show me, you know, show me your friends. I will show you who you are. So if you have more friends in the industry, those people will expose you to things that you probably could not afford or could not do, which means you go into tasting, you're going to get togethers about whiskey or about wine so now you live you are you are living the life itself and that's you know much much affordable than doing like me and buying a thousand bottles and realizing you're probably never gonna drink those things right um another thing obviously you know there's the school of youtube and google that is there for most people but when it comes to things that are really by experience you do want to actually practice right like i like nosing your whiskey uh, doing these things you can see someone on youtube tell you but you truly truly want to like going and like lowly knows it and practice like i will open a whiskey and i'm planning a content around that right now where i will pour it on water on ice i will i will have it neat and that and i'm losing each single one of them like that's slowly once if some a brand send me a whiskey and say or oh, try it for me or write a review. I'll have it those ways just to make sure that I'm being fair. Yeah. Absolutely. So at the beginning of what you were talking about, you were talking about 
how you didn't see people like yourself in the wine and spirits, whiskey and wine world, specifically whiskey, I feel like. Um, and they've long been criticized for their lack of diversity and representation. Have you seen any changes or initiatives in recent years to make the wine and whiskey world a little bit more inclusive? I've seen I've seen quite a few uh, changes. Like uh, there is the Root Fund that is doing more uh, more uh, minority uh, people that wanted to be involved into wine uh, to do that. Uh, a lot of dis- the distilleries are now bringing on. Uh, diversity and inclusion CEO and department to make sure that they've been fair in the hiring of people uh, that are coming to the whiskey industry. Uh, I know there's a few programs that uh, um, a, a few minority, uh, dist- a few distilling program now that are bringing minority people that are interested to be involved in uh, the American Distillery Association, to be involved in, in that they bring in more minority uh, people that want to be distillers or brewers to actually jump in and giving them that scholarship to be able to do so. So I'm seeing that coming because I feel like, you know, it's like when we talk about race in America, it's not a problem that will be solved overnight. But when we talk also about diversity and inclusion, I think it's going to be something that's going to take a moment. But these people are, are, there's still some brand that obviously are knuckleheads. They, you know, this America, I do what I want. That that those is are gonna be who they are. Uh, I don't I don't see a lot of it in Europe. In Europe, I'm seeing more a revolution, more on the women's side. There's more women master tasters, master blender, master distiller, but I don't see a lot of minority. But in America, I'm seeing more minority coming in, and they're including a, you know a little bit more women coming in also in the industry. So that's that's what I'm seeing in the last two years that I've been you know, aggressively more involved into the back rooms and some of the, the you know, meeting more of decision makers, they are conscious of that fact now. Like, hey, we if we want to be great and appease to everybody, we truly do want to actually bring everybody in. There's still a lot of work to do, but I'm seeing those steps being taken. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Do you think there's anything... Or how Sherry phrases. Do you have any ideas or thoughts on how brands could go about making a more inviting space for all kinds of people that you aren't necessarily seeing or something that you've seen done someplace, but you would like to see blown up and done even more and see more places do it? Um, yes, I think my, and this is just solely my idea. And I truly believe that uh, it, everything happens on multiple level, right? So equity, right? If if you if you're an equity fund, you have to be able to make sure that you're giving minority people the opportunity to also have equity into companies, right? So whiskey is an all white man world. That's all it is. Really, that's very what it is. You know, the the top thirty six biggest distillery in America. There is not, there's only, you know, Fun Weaver is the only one that can claim to own uh, Uncle Nearest. Everybody else does not look like me. And I think it's bringing equity in. All these are family owned. It's only, you know, it's a circle of people. If you're going to give me an opportunity, let me come in as an equity partner, right? Let me own part of it so I can also, and not as a token. Because there's a lot of brands that bring, oh, my friend Josh is black. 
we'll give you 5% of the company so you can come in and we'll say this is also black owned so because they're going to give us some tax break and give us some grants. Not that way. Um, getting these people that are involved in this program to fund these people to also own a distillery, not as a competition, but more as a big old family that we can actually build this thing together. The second thing is bringing more women in. Women are scientifically, right, scientifically um, better nosers and better tasters than men, always. That's scientifically. Women have a better palate, and I think it's 30, I think the statistics say 30 or 35% better. Last year, I was in the uh, World Whiskey uh, Taster with a a Barstone Bourbon Company, and the person that beat me, in the final of uh, the re- regional in Chicago was a woman. And she was also in the, in the, she was in the, she was a food scientist. And, you know, I was, I was killing all the, the boys around, but then she was the only woman and she literally destroyed me at that time. It is clear that women have that advantage. So even if you are doing a pairing, you have to kind of pair these. If you bring in one man and bring one woman in, one man in, bring one woman. For every man you think you're going to hire, bring another woman in, right? In Europe, you see, you're seeing a lot of that. That's happening. So in America, I think we need more of that. But when it comes down also is when brand are pushing things out, I think by priority, they need to stop bringing these things out to the old writers out there, right? The new woke people or the new people that are pushing things uh, from TikTok to Instagram to all these places, they look like me. They are immigrants. They are uh, the people that people are listening to anymore are the are these young kids that have ideas, that have things that can revolution something. But some people are just too busy being on their wrinkly chair and holding on to it, hoping that it's going to be. But what sells and what makes millions is truly uh, innovation. And innovation means innovation in idea, innovation in, in color, innovation in people that are walking in. So that's what I want to see more of. Yeah. yeah, I want to see more of that too. That sounds like a way more fun whiskey world. <laughs> um, so Jack, you have a phenomenal following and online presence. How long did it take you to build your fan base? And how did you go about growing your personal brand? Um, it took me is like I say, is, this is year two for me. Wow. You've done so a lot. In year, yes. So in year two, I, I've been blessed. I would say I've been blessed. And I kind of, I'd say to build my personal brand, uh, authenticity. I know it sounds cliche, but authenticity really is what it is. I'm unapologetically an, a French immigrant and I'm, I'm unapologetically black and I'm unapologetically a whiskey lover. Like I don't, I don't sugarcoat it. I, I I stay who I am, and my opinions are my opinion. Usually, I'm not everybody cup of tea. Guarantee, uh, you can see that you can see that on how my platform is set. Most people that never heard me speak before and just follow my content are following me. Uh, I have more followers there. Most people that hear me speak or actually have seen me speak on my content are more like I like this guy or. I can't even even hear his accent, so I'm just going to stay away. And, you know, most people that actually don't get any of the educational thing I push through usually go, eh, 
he's all right, or mm, I'm just going to stay away. Uh, you can see clearly from my following, um, number one, obviously, is Instagram because they don't hear me often there. And when they're going to hear me, I'm either doing a show uh, with my partner or I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, doing an interview. So they want to hear the, 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 you know, the distillery or the person I'm talking to on the interview. So they come and follow. That's, that's you know, I have what now 14,000 people on Instagram in my second year. Um, but if you go on my YouTube, there's a big discrepancy there because I only have 2,900 people following me there because my videos, you know, is it was a learning curve. I'm not always online. I'm not making the hunky tongue jokes. I'm not talking about whiskey like, yeah, America. I, I don't do that. Right. But people that are more of doing that and, you know, I'm. I, I'd like to say I'm technologically and not so great with videos. So I don't produce videos every day. So for that reason, I was more focused on making sure I create quality content. Um, so, you know, there's that discrepancy there of 10,000. Um, on my TikTok, I think I have like 2,200 people, but I wasn't even posting on TikTok till six months ago. And then, you know, people started following me more, but they love contribution. That there is more like controversy world. People like when you come and say something is crap, and everybody follows you. Come on, let me see if a fight's gonna break out. So, so because I don't do drama, I don't do any of those things. I don't come up, you know, I don't come out and start talking shit about brands right away. Like, oh yeah, oh this brand sucks because people love following people like that. Um, and me, I came in the industry because not only as a respectable man. I wanted to make sure that I come more as an educator. So I'm like your boring grand- grandpa or your drunk uncle. You know, I'm more an educator. I'm not more, I'm not the, you know, I'm a father. I'm a business owner. If I was, if I was 10 years younger, I probably would do crazy shit just to get more followers on. But people that follow me obviously know every Monday when I do my show Monday sucks, I always say I'm a people lover first and a whiskey lover second. So if you're not about respect and loving people, you know, get out. This is this is not the place for you. So I love that. I could not agree more with that message. Um, if you had to go back and change anything about your approach and journey, what would it be? More videos. I should do more videos on YouTube because YouTube pays. You know, you YouTube pays you. Um you know, more videos, uh, I will have immediately started a video. Uh, my show will be a podcast right away as well. Uh, and um, uh, let me see. Uh, not buy crazy amount of whiskey that I'm not going to drink. That is another thing. <laughs> not not do that. Not do that. That was that was just plain stupid. I can, I, I can clearly say that now. <laughs> but yeah uh, (laughs) and uh, i'm i'm still working on it now but meet more people in the whiskey industry not do things for my basement but truly shake hand with people in the industry uh it's tough because i started in 2020 and you know no one was talking to anybody then and the time where people were talking to people i was you know out as an immigrant walking into this world is quite intimidating. No one will really want to talk to you. I remember when I emailed, I mean, I, when I started, I emailed probably, I sent probably one day I woke, I, I sent in about 160 emails. 
And it was just, hey, I'm Jack Bigadu. I'm the Hood Sommelier starting my channel. We'll love a chance to talk to you. We'll love a chance to, to talk to one of your brand ambassador. Um, we'll love maybe a sample so we can do an interview. Um, please reach out in that. Out of those 160, it's like that kid waiting for their, you know, their divorce parents to come pick him up after uh, on a weekend. I just sat out there sad, waiting for someone to respond. And out of maybe one of those 160, uh, some of them were like automatically, you know, I call it the go fuck yourself replies. Like, you know, and automatically get out of here. Uh, and, you know, maybe out of that 10, 10 responded like, hey, uh, nice to meet you. And mo- five of them were like craft distilleries, you know, brand new starting day. So they understand the beginning and maybe other three were the new, you know, the people that just were open to actually. But everybody else were like, now those distillery are the one who actually will reach out to you to go, oh, we would love for you. We saw you online. We would love to actually chat with you. Like, I actually had a tip for the brand ambassador that way. Funny story. Uh, one of the people I emailed and, you know, I went on Instagram because I'm, I'm, I'm in sales. So I don't just give up after the first try. I, you know, I, I went on Instagram, sent a message in that. And he's like, you know, they sent me this, like, I, I'm telling you, like lawyer written response. Like we do not participate into blah, 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 blah with people. Right? Let's fast forward that. I go and visit in a, a different location to the same place, right? And the person says, you know, I'm, I'm surprised we never worked together. I say, whose fault is that? And the person's like, what? I'm like, whose fault is that? They're like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm not one to hold grudges, but here is exhibit A. And then I'm rolling to my message. I go, read this response person's face just went completely red right like i left with half of the merch when i was walking out of that distillery they're like oh my god i am so sorry i don't understand i don't know who said that we're walking i'm like uh-huh uh-huh but yeah that that's a, a good and bad story you got yeah. some merch Maybe they no, didn't get merch didn't do anything. No. No, I didn't care. No. I didn't care for the merch. <laughs> I really didn't care for the merch, but it was more another reminder to those people that hey, it's not because you can't pronounce the name, or it's not because I don't look or sound like you. You know, I'm, I've learned one major rule when I started in, in in life in general in my journey in America. My mentor told me this. He said, "People are not going to like you. It's okay." People are not going to to love you. It's okay. But you say the person that respects you and gives you an opportunity, that's your God. Everything else is irrelevant. They're not going to call to you. They're not going to hug you. They're not going to smile at you. They're not going to love you. It's okay. It's okay. That's for your kids and your wife to do. But if you respect it and not, they say your name in rooms where an opportunity appears, that's the person that you hold up to your God level. So, 
Love that. I love that. Back on the social media front of things, is there is there any specific content that performs best for you? I know you said you like YouTube videos because you can make money off of those, but on Instagram or on Facebook, is there anything that you've done? So like, I know you do a lot of lives and such. What do you find is the most successful for you or what do you like creating the most? What I love creating the most actually are review are really whiskey tasting reviews because there's there have been the original one. I will tell you right now, uh, reels have been fun. Reels have been fun. Um, I always like to innovate, right? And stay authentic in what I, I you know, who I am and what I am, right? So if people will expect you to always come and talk about, you know, talk, talk to us about whiskey, right? This cool whiskey. And then I say, okay, I'm African, right? I'm African. Um, I was out, about three months ago. Yeah. Right. in right. Fourth quarter. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine who came to actually, I did a barrel pick and there were some bottles and he was coming to pick it up and we were chatting about something. And, uh, I used uh, one of our, my, you know, one of the parables that we have and, and he's like, you know, I haven't heard that since my dad died. He's like, that's a thing. Like, you know, I, you didn't even have to explain this whole situation to me. Once you say this, I know exactly what I need to do. He's like, we missed that. I'm like, yeah, that's like wisdom from Africa. That, this is the wisdom we get from our parents that we don't. He's like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a video about that. Wisdom from Africa. Stuff that we hear from our uncle, grandpa, grandma, that I mean, shit to us for who you we are. And we never actually even give those things credit. And, and he's like, he's like, yeah, that would be, that would be dope. So, you know, reels have been fun. Um, you know, I, either if I'm working out or if I'm, if I'm doing a, if I'm, but every, the way I set my calendar now to be to maximal performance uh, is Monday. I have my show Monday sucks. So the live is hit and miss. Some days, big performance, some not so okay. But Instagram is paying you what fifty cent per every every like thousand views that you see, so it it doesn't really do anything. Uh, YouTube pays more, but you know it's on YouTube as well, so people people watch that. Uh, but reels reels have been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, you know, now every Tuesday I have wisdom from Africa, which some of them are quite out there, but people are loving it because now every time I since I've been doing it for three months now, I, response have been very positive. Every time I get on any show, I appear and I go, give us a wisdom from Africa. We need one wisdom from Africa. And, you know, it's been, it's been a thing now. It went from maybe a thousand views to 3000 views. I think the latest one is close to 10,000 views that are wisdom from Africa. Because now people are now looking forward to, you know, to it. So it's, it's been doing well. So reels have been, have been a lot of fun to do. Uh, and now I've been doing more educational videos that I can, you know, publish on all three pr- platform on YouTube, Facebook, and that. So, you know, top five best things, what you can get. And I have some ideas of contents I'm going to put out there, but what is, and yesterday, for some reason, uh, uh, I was at a, I was at a, I was on a phone call and somebody used the word that actually just grind my gear and the French guy in me just got mad. 
So I had to go and make a reel about it. And now people are like, can we, can you do other words too? And I'm like, oh, oh, so, you know, a lot of people pronounce a lot of French words, like they destroy the word. And you're like, how is this possible? So yesterday, I believe I did a, I did a, a book, Vieux Carré, right? The cocktail. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- this bartender argued me down that it was a bouquet. And I'm like, okay, I understand how you're saying it. I'm telling you, as the French-born raised, that is a vieux guy. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, no. You see, starting with a V. is a vieux carré, meaning the old square, representing the old square, downtown New Orleans, the old square, vieux carré. Oh. But everybody say vieux carré, so that's what I'm going to say. Okay, all right. All right, fine. But... You know, uh, I'm go- I think I may, I may be doing one more uh, on Wednesdays or Thursdays. <laughs> I'll be doing uh, French things that you guys are pronouncing wrong uh, in, the, in the whiskey industry or in the spirit industry. There's plenty of them. Um, you know, it's not Cabernet. Uh, not, <laughs> it's not yeah, horse. Let's do that tu- one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not horse tubers. It's not, it's not Sauvignon Blanc that that that's not that's not it is not there's so many of them every time i hear it i'm like why are you like this <laughs> i'm definitely guilty of butchering many french words but i feel like those that was pretty good on so i'll stay in my lane though <laughs> but i love that you've been doing that i also love your wisdom from africa <laughs> oh okay so you are a fan because yeah no. <laughs> you know wisdom from africa i never know how people react to it because it's like you know some of them are very out there so obviously you know when you hear it you go so uh, you know i've had some people go oh my god i can't even tell that to my kids and i'm like i heard that when i was six years old but <laughs> the rules apply differently in africa <laughs> so but <laughs> But on the contrary, you know, I, uh, you know, in America, it's like, you know, people, people will, you know, people will, ch- will, will hear it and go, that's not where I thought this was going. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, exactly. That's for wisdom from Africa. So every week, every Tuesday, I'll be dropping a new one of the wisdom from Africa. So well, we're excited for that. I can't wait personally. Uh, (laughs) Earlier you mentioned how you went out and you bought, you know, tons of expensive whiskeys. And then you talked about working with distilleries and small brands on the content that you're doing, like the most recent content that you've been doing. Is it more of those bottles that you had previously bought? Or are you working more with brands like on a partnership level? Like are they they Uh, 60, 60, 40. So with brands now, are we working like I'm, I've worked with Heaven Hill uh, on uh, Afrofusion, which is an in-person event. Uh, African food meets whiskey. So we've used Heaven Hill pr- product to actually do that. So that's what I did last quarter. Uh, we do in March, we're doing uh, one in D.C. So we'll have a real party. It's going to be African food and whiskey there. Uh, a lot of brands now, I have them online already that are sending me stuff for us to talk about it. Uh, so that's been that, but because 
a lot of, I would tell you, is the hardest distilleries to work with is European distilleries. I don't know if they're either just stingy or the brand ambassador don't care, but, you know, is they are the hardest people to work with. They're just impossible. I, I tell everybody, if I had one wish on this on this earth as a, as a whiskey, quote unquote, influencers, is the brand ambassadors of Scottish whiskeys need to need to care about American people. They don't give a shit. And it's so hard. Like they only talk to their friends. And by the time you find out that this person is a brand ambassador, I'm like, I sent six emails to your company. How is it possible that you haven't got even one, you know, one of these emails? Right. So it, they are the hardest to work with, but I love scotch and it's, it's crazy for somebody who loves scotch so much is I'm probably the, the last person these people give a crap about, you know, but it's, but when I'm not doing those content, because bourbon is going to be here, I'm going to talk to new brands all the time. So every time I, I, I don't forget my scotch or, you know, cognac or, you know, Armagnac or, you know, tequila audience. So every time anything I have on my shelf every day, I, whatever I'm going to open new or try, I'm like, hey, have you guys tried this? A lot of content that work is always, you know, everybody wants you to do the, you know, in the in the whiskey industry, they call taters. Everybody wanted you to do those tater bottles. Oh, is a Pappy Van Winkle, is a Weller, is a Blanton's, is, you know, those bottles that, that are allocated that no one can get. So when you get it, you just flex it. But for me, it feels weird because like, I'm not here to flex. I'm little. I'm literally here to educate people. So it's hard for me. I have fancy bottles, but it's hard for me to just take a picture of those because I'm like, this is just bragging. Just stop. The African in me can't do it. Just, I just can't. Yeah, I get that. I also think that good whiskey's for drinking, not putting on a shelf. <laughs> oh, some people fight you on that statement. I know. <laughs> Some people will fight you on that statement. They will tell you, I'm just going to keep it here so my <laughs> friends can see that I'm I'm the coolest person since Jesus, and that's why I bought it. Okay, no. sir. I'm not cool. I'm just fun. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, it's one of those things where it's like, is I have to, I literally have to tell people, like, no. <laughs> no, no one no one truly cares and and that I think that's the the hardest thing for people to to hear is no one cares you know they they want everybody to tell them that they they're so cool and they this and it's like no 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 one cares just just be a good person that's that's what people care about no one care about anything so <laughs> well i love that approach your approach. <laughs> so you'd mentioned Afrofusion, the event you're doing with Heaven Hill. Do you have anything else exciting in the works that you would like to share with us today? Um, right now, the Afrofusion is coming. Uh, what else is coming? Um, um, uh, we have a few shows that we are, you know, we are doing, um, uh, We'll be doing, um, uh, we'll be coming in. We're trying to do something for Valentine's Day. We're bringing a lot of brands in. Uh, there's a, I'm, 
the word is kind of weird right now. So there is a few things because normally we were, I was supposed to do, we were supposed to go do whiskey expo at sea that was canceled. Um, the New Orleans, we are still crossing our fingers. I'll be at the New Orleans uh, bourbon festival. So that's, that is something coming up as well. Uh, in April, I believe um, there is uh, the craft distillery of Colorado. That will be, that'll be their craft distillery. Uh, you know, fingers crossed this month in two weeks, normally we were supposed to have the uh, Omaha whiskey fest that was, that was pushed back. So there's so many things that right now are just hanging in the balance. So you just, you just have to, you, you, you playing by ear right now. And uh, the plan is also to work to see if uh, I can take some time. And if, you know, what did they say? If the mountain, if Mohammed can get to the mountain, the mountain will come to Mohammed. So the way we want to, uh, I want to do this is I'm tired of this brand not responding to me. So I'm going to show up. Um, the I'm trying to see, uh, depending on how the year goes, I'm actually will take a, a, a 10 days or 15 days to Scotland to actually go to the distilleries and talk to these master distillers in person because yeah, I'm, I'm daring like that. You know, I like a little bit of danger in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck with that, Jack. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I really appreciate it. I personally learned so much and I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. No, um, absolutely. <laughs> make sure to follow Jack at the hoods on there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, more. All of all of them, um, all of and, make, them. <laughs> and make sure to give his podcast the truth is the barrel proof a listen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, everybody. That wraps up today's episode of Eat Drink Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us. <laughs>